so good. It's great to see everybody here this morning. Thanks so much to our creative team for putting that great video together. And I'm scanning the room this morning. I do, as Rachel said, I see new faces. I see people back in the room. What I was looking for uh, was some people who have new babies. Rachel and I and the girls were driving yesterday. And we were just talking about church this morning. We were so excited to be with you. And we were realizing that there are six brand new babies in our church. And I don't, I don't see any of them this morning. And so it may be parents out in the lobby or in nursing moms or whatever. Is anyone new here? Oh, yeah, we've, we've, but we sent them out a few weeks ago. So we got, did we, did we announce that? Did we announce? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so I'm seeing points that, I, don't, I mean, we could double up. Like, it's good. Uh, uh, oh, Eric and Kristen are here with Alessia. Let's give it up. Yeah. Oh, man, we love you guys. Thanks for being here, sleepless nights and all. I have not had a chance to see you, Kristen. Man, it's good to see you. Anyway, so we're just having a look <laughs> It's good to see them back in church, and uh, hey, whatever your journey is, you know, and this, this is actually a new babies born in the house, and um, it, it's, we're just so excited. We want you to know, parents, we love you, and uh, we love this age and stage of our church. We also, have, um, we also have someone who's been fostering a newborn baby in our church. Come on, so good, right? And so we thank God. For the opportunity we have. And there's babies on the way. Uh, there's, uh, I was just talking to someone in those few minutes of connection time. And uh, they're hoping to leave during the service. Um, it's true. It's true. Uh, oh, man, so exciting. I also want to say, if you're here this morning and you, your journey is one of infertility, this is a place this is like, that's so near to our hearts for H and I, that we journeyed for six years uh, with a battle through infertility, and we have two miracle babies that doctors said we never have. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Um, but if that's the journey of your family, and I know for some in this place it is, we want you to know that we pray for you all the time. In fact, I was praying for you this morning, uh, praying for you by name, the stories that I do know, and the ones we don't know, we also want you to know, hey, we're praying for you, standing together, believe that God's going to bless your house, bless your family. I am excited this morning uh, to also, as Andrew said in worship, uh, bring to light the fact we're three weeks from Easter. Come on, somebody. Three weeks away from what is, it's, it's bar none, the best Sunday of the year. Because this is the Sunday when we talk about what God did to absolutely save and set us free. And so uh, what I want you to do this morning is a little bit of active participation before we get into the message. In your seat this morning is an invite five card. It looks like a business card. So I want everyone to go ahead and grab that. Uh, it might have fallen on the floor next to you as you sat down that package. It might have fallen on the floor. But go ahead and grab that invite five card. And here's what I'd like you to do. Over the next couple of minutes, I want you to think about who you could invite to church on Easter Sunday and write down with that little golf pencil the one or three or five names that God puts on your heart this morning. As you're thinking about that, as you're filling that out, um, I want to remind you of the audacious goal that we have as a church. We said last week that we have a goal that we would see 1,000 personal invitations for people in our city to come to church. Because in in as far as adults in a service, we oftentimes will have about 200 so that would be five invitations each. I want to let you know that even early on, we've already received 
enough um, names back into us to let us know that there are 145 planned invitations already. That's even before your cards today. Uh, and so we're so excited about that. And is, is Easter all about a number? No, of course not. Um, but why do we set audacious goals? Because God's got audacious love. Come on, somebody. And we love our city. And um, so we're going to pray over these in just a moment. And as you continue to fill them out, uh, I want to mention one more thing about Easter, maybe two more things. First of all, uh, you will see that the graphic is love conquered death, and it's an image of a skull. And that's not really an image that uh, typically would be used to promote Easter, but we believe this was, what we wanted to do is we wanted to definitely depict what life is like without Jesus. And this is absolutely what life is like without Jesus. And so, uh, and so that's on there. I can't wait to give this invitation out to people in my world that think that, you know, church is not for them because church wouldn't understand what they're going through. Maybe this would let them know that we do know a little bit of what life without Jesus would look like. And notice on the back of that invitation card that we've got two services on Easter Sunday because we know that this place is going to be more than full. And so we got a 9.30 service and an 11 a.m. service. How many uh, would say you're going to be at the 9.30? You know, where, where you at? It's like the parents that your kids are going to get you up anyways. Might as well show up early. And then, notice that that was the quiet group, right? The like... The 9.30s. The, how many of the 11 people? Who's going to show up later? Because you're party people. You got to recover. Saturday night. <laughs> Careful now. Uh, we're going to pray over these cards. Would you stand with me all over the room as, as we just one more time go to God in prayer and lift up these names? In fact, would you, if you feel comfortable, just raise your hands in kind of like a receiving posture before God. And would you, would you pray this simple prayer with me this morning and just say, God, I need you. God, I need you. I need you, God. And as you pray that prayer, I believe that the Lord, you know, the, the Lord would want to speak over you today. I want to fill you. I want to fill you. Come on, could you lean into that? Over these next few moments as we go to God's word, could you lean into and believe that, God, I believe that you've got more for me. And now, Lord, we lift up these cards. We thank you, God, that you have placed us in people's lives. God, that everyone in this room has been placed by you in a strategic place in somebody's life. Somewhere I can't be and none of the rest of us can be, but they're there. And I pray, God, that we would, uh, as we are faithful with the invitations, God, that you would draw people to the love of Jesus Christ, God, and that people's lives will be changed in this place on Easter Sunday. And we lean into you. God, we're ready for your word this morning. We're going to dive in, hungry to hear more from you and, and discover more of you. And everybody said in this place, amen. Amen. You can grab a seat this morning. Well, we are in our more series, a series on the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about what was, I believe, the most unbelievable statement Jesus made in the time of his ministry here on earth. When Jesus, at that last supper with his disciples, as we just celebrated uh, that moment of communion, the, last, uh, the Lord's table, as Jesus was sitting there with his disciples, he said to them, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't, I'm not going to send the Holy Spirit. But if I do, I'm going to send 
the Holy Spirit. And that was an even more unbelievable statement than when Jesus said he was the Son of God because that statement he quite adequately backed up with raising dead people and himself resurrecting from the dead. But for him to say, hey, it's better for you that I go away, well, that would have been the most unbelievable thing he said. And he said it, why? Because he knew that as, as uh, the Son of God taking on human flesh, he could at best be one person in one place for one group of people or one person at a time, but when the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon the church, the Spirit would be for all people in all places and at all times, even in this place this morning. And so regardless of whether in that worship song when we said, you are good, you are good, oh, you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning, I want to let you know that God is here that you might encounter more of Him. It is God's plan. In fact, let me, let me go further than that. It's God's desire to fill you with more of himself. Now, let me set things up this morning uh, this way. How many you've ever been around a child in the no phase? You know what I'm talking about, right? The no phase. <laughs> I, can see, I can see some nodding heads already. Here's what the no phase is in case you don't quite uh, you know, remember what that is. It's Something like when you've got a child or maybe you've got a niece or a nephew Oh, hang on a second with that video. We'll show you that in just a minute. Uh, I was like, what is that sound, Lord? <laughs> you really want to move today. Okay. <laughs> we'll save the audible voice of God for whenever in the service. He wants to speak. I should have been quiet sooner. You know, it's like, if that's God, I keep talking. Lord, mercy. <laughs> uh, so we've got a two-year-old that is an all-out no phase of life. Alencia, she turns to this Friday, hello, uh, can you think back to that, to this Friday, and she's in an all-out no phase. I mean, whether, if you ask her a question, any question, do you love daddy? Do you love mommy? No. Do you want to um, go to the park? No. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a question. It could just be a, a statement. It's just the answer is always going to be no. It's a kid in the no phase, you've seen this before, right? You've experienced this before. Now, I'll go ahead and uh, show you, cue up the video, just so you can get an idea. This is uh, Alencia and I waking up one day this week. A little eye, something with blue feathers and a short bill. What is it, Booter in the page? Let's see. I'm a parrot. No. <laughs> I'm a parrot. No. <laughs> I'm a pelican. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. I spread my little eye. Something brown feathers that flies very high. Who is it, Boo? Pink. Let's look. I'm a... I'm an eagle. No. <laughs> That's what it is. It's, it says it says I'm an eagle. No. <laughs> yes, it does. No. Oh, so good. Now, that's a cute video, but here's the, here's the thing. Uh, I wanted to show it to you not just because it's cute, but because I believe it's actually a representation of how a lot of us think God talks to us. A lot of us think when we come to God and we say, God, help. God, I need you. God, I'm reaching out to you. We just, have, we just think God says no all the time. But how many know the Bible does not present to us the God of no, but he is a yes God. He's a God of 
more. He's a God of yes promises. He's a God of more than enough. Jesus did not go to the cross so that God could say to you, no, he went to the cross so that in him all of the promises of God could become yes promises in your life. Now, I know there's some uh, different uh, understandings of who the Holy Spirit is, and this confusion is nothing new to our generation or to our era of the church. It's always been this way. In fact, in the very uh, beginning of the, the launch of the church after Jesus died and rose again, this confusion was there. As the apostles would go around, they'd say, have you received the Holy Spirit? And several times in the book of Acts, we hear people say back to them, well, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so there, this confusion has always been around in different understandings. And even just so we can get an understanding of who's in the room this morning and what your background might look like, let's do a show of hands for, you know, just your church background. How many people, you, you'd say you come from a Catholic background. You grew up in a Catholic church. Let me see your hands. A bunch of people here this morning. Okay. How many uh, Baptist or Mennonite backgrounds? Let me see your hands. Listen, we know you don't want to raise your hands in church, but come on. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> How many Pentecostal background, charismatic background? Yeah. Y'all got both hands up. It's like, slow down. Just one. That's all we need. <laughs> How many, uh, let me see, different, you know, some denomination I didn't mention. Let me see your hands. Uh, how many, zero, little to no church background at all? Let me see your hands. Hi, hi, hi. Okay, that's great. Wow, what an amazing cross-section of people that we have in the room this morning. And my goal this morning is not to give you the Pentecostal perspective on who the Holy Spirit is. My goal is not to give you the Resonate Church perspective on who the Holy Spirit is. My goal is not to give you the example of my personal experience. My goal is that we would go to the Bible together and see what God said about the Holy Spirit because when we understand who he is, we're going to run to the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen in this place this morning? So this is what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. We said this last week in Genesis chapter 1. It's the first mention of the Holy Spirit. We see that the Holy Spirit is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Here's a very quick overview of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes upon in the Old Testament an individual or a small group of people kind of for like a specific, uh, uh, a specific ministry need. And so we'll see examples like the Holy Spirit came upon a man named Samson and the personal purpose was to give Samson physical strength. And then you'll see another example. The Holy Spirit comes upon David and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon David to empower him to be an effective leader. And, and then you've got other examples like the Holy Spirit came upon Samuel and so that he could prophesy and speak God's word to God's people. And then you flip over to the New Testament and Jesus dies for sin and rises again. And, and then he tells his disciples, I want you guys to go now and preach good news. Preach this great message. Hey, but before you go do that, I want you to wait to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so they do. They wait, and uh, they wait in an upper room, and then on the day of Pentecost, 40 days after, uh, or 50 days rather, after Jesus has risen from the dead. That's all Pentecost means. It's like, well, what's Pentecost? Penta means five, and costi uh, means, you know, to the power of ten. And so Pentecost is just 50 days after Passover or after uh, Easter Sunday, and so it was 50 days later that they're assembled in the upper room. The Holy Spirit gets poured out upon these 120 believers, and uh, they receive the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter stands up on that first message to the early church, even to all these people that aren't Christians. And he says, 
repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. And then he says, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter is taking the limits off. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was for a person or for a few people for a specific ministry need. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. It is for you. It is for me. Because of what Jesus did on the cross to bring us close to God, the Holy Spirit is now for every single one of us. And this is what the Bible says as we read about it in Acts chapter 19. I want to read just a couple passages from the book of Acts where we see that the Holy Spirit is poured out. And a lot of us have been taught that when you got saved, you received all the Holy Spirit that you would ever need. And yes, when you got saved, you did receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you that. But uh, in addition to that, there is a second encounter that we see multiple times in the book of Acts that is receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 19 says it this way. It says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Now notice with me, they're disciples, they're followers of Jesus. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Like when you became a new believer, did they talk to this, to, about this to you as well? And as we just mentioned, they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And that verse typifies, honestly, a lot of people in church, and even today. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said to them, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that's Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, look what happens next. When, they, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And next week, we are going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Next week, actually, I can't wait for weeks three and four of this series when we actually talk about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and uh, the Bible lists nine gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit, and one of them is tongues, and you're like, you can be talking about that one, and absolutely yes, can't wait to see you there. Acts chapter 8 says this, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, some apostles, who came down and prayed for these new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now look at this, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. Again, they're going to pray for some new believers the Holy Spirit's not yet fallen on any of them. So they'd only received the salvation, the forgiveness of sins. It said they'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then it says that Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's the question. Why two experiences, right? Like wouldn't it just be simpler to kind of do a package deal that you'd receive all the Holy Spirit that you'd ever need when you got saved? And the reason God did it this way, that the empowering for ministry was a second experience, God wanted to keep the two separate because he never wanted anything intermingled with salvation being received as a gift received by grace. God never wanted you confused about how you got saved. Listen, God's called you to serve and to give and to go and to just to pray and to read your Bible and to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit so that you can go and do great things for God. And God never wanted any of that stuff that you would do in ministry to be confused with salvation that's received entirely by getting, he wanted the cross of Jesus to stand alone. And we need to know as a church that the cross of Jesus is all that you need for salvation. It's Jesus 
alone. And God never wanted to mix anything else in with that salvation experience. Because to mix anything else in with the salvation experience would actually be to diminish the beauty and the simplicity of the gift of salvation received by faith. Ephesians 2 says it this way, for by faith you have been saved. By grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. Salvation is a gift from God. So here's one way to say it. Salvation the cross of Jesus Christ is for eternity. It's for, etern- it's for eternal life. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's not about eternity. That's about your success here on earth. <laughs> because the job God gave you to do, come on somebody, is bigger than your natural ability to do that job. You see, life is actually filled with difficult people. And sometimes you'd even say, we've been called to love people that at times feel unlovable. We've been called to take the presence and the power of God into situations that are completely broken and in need of God's power. And here's here's some positive preaching for you this morning. There are more angry and unforgiving and mean people on their way to your life. <laughs> Woohoo! And so, if you want to go it alone, go ahead. But I know I need the power of the Holy Spirit if I'm going to deal with those sorts of things. Listen, those mean, unforgiving, angry people, you might even find some at church today. Somebody help me. Come on, you might live with some of them. <laughs> You need the power of the Holy Spirit. God's given you a job to do that's greater than your ability to do it. You know what? God has never given out an assignment to anyone other than Jesus Christ that that someone was actually able to do. God's never looked at me and thought, you know what? Shane would make a great, he has all that he needs to do to be a pastor. You know what God looks at me and says? he's not got enough, but you know what? I'm going to call him to it because with the power of the Holy Spirit, he can do it. God has an assignment for you. That's why Pastor Troy stood up here today and he said, you need to get into next steps. Like you need to take a spiritual next step. That's why we're not about just Sundays. We're about giving you a path, a clear path to walk so that you can begin to walk in freedom and wholeness and God's purpose in your life. We're about giving you a path. Why? Because God's given you a calling. But understand, today's my favorite day of next steps, by the way, I'll just get on my little, my little like, go to next steps box. It's my favorite day. Jump in today because this is the one where you find out the gift that God's put on your life and the purpose and reason you're on the planet. But here's the thing. At the end of next steps today, you don't go home and, and say to yourself, well, I've got everything I need to do that job. I hope you go home and think, well, why on earth did he put that on me? God's never called someone adequate for the job to the job. And that's why we need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Come on, church. We need the Holy Spirit. And our job as church leaders is to lead you into a closeness with God and into an experience with God where you could receive all that God has for you in his presence and in his power. Let me illustrate it to you one more way. This this bottle, you say like, you know, how is it that I receive the Holy Spirit at salvation and then there's more for me to receive? Well, this, look, at, look at it this way. This bottle right here, um, 
and it would be better if it was a full bottle. That would maybe be a bit better illustration. But um, this bottle has water. So it has received water. Now, if I took this bottle and I chucked it into a swimming pool, it has been filled with water. It is immersed in water. It's now been baptized in water. You see the difference, right? When you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get immersed in the power and presence of God for what he wants you to do. So let me just uh, promote next Sunday night's worship night. We got a worship night here at 6 o'clock next Sunday night. And, and if, you, if by any way you are able to carve out an hour and a half of time next Sunday night, I would ask you to decide to be in this place. Because here's what I've experienced about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Most people who receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I've observed, receive the Holy Spirit when, when there's two things that are present in their life. Number one, they put themselves in a place of extended time in God's presence. And, and number two, they made a decision to show up to a place to go deeper. Those are two things that we regularly see. In fact, we see in the New Testament on the day of Pentecost, there's 120 believers in an upper room. Well, Paul's letters to the Corinthians tells us that there were actually 450 people that saw Jesus during the 40 days that he walked on the planet after he resurrected. And so from the time Jesus ascended back into heaven, those remaining 10 days to the day of Pentecost, there was approximately 330 people that had other things to do with their time. Now, that's not to say that they didn't receive the Holy Spirit at another time. And maybe you'd say, Pastor, are you saying if I don't show up to a worship night next Sunday night that I'll never be baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it may be the atmosphere that you need to get into to actually receive all that God has for you. Because some of you, honestly, you've been, you've been saying this lately in your mind. Where's God? You've been looking at your life. You've been looking at your circumstances. And you've been saying, where's God? And I believe that for many of you, you need to take a spiritual next step next Sunday night into an extended time in God's presence and that atmosphere and that attitude of saying, God, I need you. Hey, church, we need the Holy Spirit. So we've talked this morning a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. He's God. And we've talked a little bit about how do we receive the Holy Spirit? We talked about these two experiences in our Christian journey. And now this morning as we close, I want to talk for a couple minutes about some of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible gives 17 different names to the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. If you need to receive some grace in your life today, if you've been carrying around shame, if you need to get lifted up out of some brokenness that you're in, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the spirit of grace. <laughs> but maybe you need more than that. The Bible says that he's also the spirit of glory. So you don't just need to get lifted up out of a dark place in your life. You actually need eyes to see that God is above it all. It's the spirit of glory that reveals to us that God is over everything and he's worthy of all of our surrender. He's worthy of all of our lives. He is creator God. He's over all. We need the spirit of grace, but we also need the spirit of glory. 
Now we also need the Holy Spirit to be the Spirit of truth. If there's some confusion in your life, you need the Spirit of truth. Holy Spirit is also the Spirit of life. Life giving, like a breath of fresh air to your life. The Holy Spirit, the Bible even describes as wind. It's more than that. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of understanding. Come on, He's, he's more than that. He's the Spirit of adoption. That to the very core, you would know that you're a son and you're a daughter of God. Could you lean into that today? He's a spirit of adoption. He's also referred to more than anything else in Scripture as your counselor. The one who wants to come to your aid. If you need some help today, Holy Spirit wants to come alongside you and counsel you. Spirit of counsel. He's a spirit of power. Come on, somebody. He's... He's called you to do something that's greater than your ability to do it. Church, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Here's the great thing that the Bible says to us. You don't perform to receive the Holy Spirit. You just receive. You just receive. You just receive. Because before you were born, God put a call on your life. The Bible says that before you were even conceived, in fact, from the beginning of time, God had a plan and a purpose for your life. And that plan was going to go beyond your ability to do, your ability to achieve, your ability to reach. And so God promises more. There's more for you church. There's more for you today. There's more for you today, new Christian. You're like, hey, there's more? Like what I've got has just blown me away. I've been a Christian for a month, and I've been pretty sure that that was the best month of my life. Or maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, I don't, you know, it's been a difficult time. Man, when they were saying, you're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down. I was like, man, I'm not sure that I can really lean into that and believe that this morning. Understand, when we sing that song, we're not singing it because you're never going to go through letdowns in your heart. We're singing it because we serve the God who enables your heart to walk through letdowns because He's with you by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We don't sing He's never going to let you down because you're never going to be let down, but because your heart's going to be able to walk through letdown because He's with you. Jesus, we, we need you in this place. And I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that the amazing thing about, about both our salvation and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that it's received as a gift. Both are called a gift. So, God, I pray over these next few weeks as a church, we lean into all that the Holy Spirit has for us. God, we put you first in our lives. And we say, God, we, we want all that you have for us, God. I pray, Lord, that you would clean out any distraction or any mess that would be getting in the way of you being first in our lives, God, so that we could, we could receive you. God, just unclutter our hearts. May our hearts be postured to receive. And I'm going to invite you to stand with me all over the room. And again, just in a, in a receiving posture, maybe even to extend your hands one more time. Would you, would you pray that simple prayer with me again? I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you, God. I receive all that you have for me. 
I lean into you and I say I need you. And now, I, would, you, would you be willing to, again, just believe that God would be saying over your life today, I want to fill you. I'm here to fill you. I am with you and you can receive. God, I pray, Lord, that as we posture ourselves for more, God, that we would be a church that receives not just for us. God, I thank you for the goosebumps that we get in worship when we understand and realize that your presence is in the place. But I thank you that your Holy Spirit is far more than a great feeling in a worship service. It's for people, God, to be able to do what you've called us to do. God, we as a church cannot do what you've called us to do. But with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, we can step into the destiny and great call on this house to reach this city for Jesus. God, I pray for anyone in this room this morning that has just been uh, un unsure of, of the Holy Spirit in the past, maybe through fear and confusion. God, I pray that that fear and confusion would be cut like a knife, God, and they would just be able to walk right into the presence of God. I pray, God, that there would be no sense of pride or haughtiness amongst a church, our church, God, as we receive more of you, God. We would understand we don't receive more of you to be better than other people. We receive more of you to be better us. I don't receive more of you to be better than the person next to you. I receive more of you to be a better me. And so, God, I lean into you because today I need to be a better me. God, I need more of your presence, God. And I just flat out with my hands raised to heaven say, I need you. Come on, church. Can you say that with me? I need you. Let's continue in a time of worship before we close our service. And with hearts open, sing this to the Lord.
just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed in this place? This morning we talked about two experiences with God in the journey of faith. The most important one is salvation that Jesus paid for on the cross of Christ. And as we've already said this morning, this was a gift of God that we received not by our own perfection or not by our own doing, but by a gift of grace in believing that God is who he said he is and that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that you could receive eternal life and be forgiven and be free. And if you're in the room this morning and you need to take that first step, we're not going to center you out or embarrass you. I do, I do believe there is a place in your faith when you take it public. But the first step is actually, is not that, it's just in your heart. It's a heart of surrender and a heart of faith. And so today, if you want to make that decision to surrender your heart in full faith and say, today, yeah, I want to become a Christian and give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive forgiveness. I might not have every question answered, but I do know that today I need to take a next step in my relationship with God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to just shoot your hand up all over the room. Just shoot it up. Hold it up high for just a moment. We're going to pray and then we'll dismiss our service. But today you'd say, yeah, that's me. I don't want you to dismiss the service today without praying for me. I need Jesus today. Or maybe it's a recommitment or a rededication because you know you're far from God today. And you say, don't miss me today. I'm coming back to a relationship with Jesus in this place. So come on, church. Let's pray this prayer together. Pray it in faith, all of us together. Because it is a private decision, but it is one that you make with your lips to say, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. So say, God, today I give you my life, my full surrender, and I choose to follow you. Forgive my sin. I turn from my way to your way to follow you. Because I believe you died, rose again, so I could be forgiven. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church family. Can we put our hands together for those that made that decision today? Nothing better than that. Favorite part of every week. If you made that decision today, I'm going to actually ask everyone in the room, you know, once again, just some housework here. Just grab that uh, sir, or the connection card in your seat, everyone again, because we always ask everyone to pick this up. We want your prayer requests. So grab that card, and if you made that decision today, check it off. Let us know that you made that decision uh, to choose to follow Jesus. You can drop that in our giving and card box on your ear this morning. One more time, church, can we give it up for those that made that decision this morning?